we are in a perplexing time where in both dating and searching for a job, we are having to prove ourselves to an algorithm. We're having to prove ourselves to a bot that we are qualified for a job, that we deserve to be on a platform. You know, that's wild. <laughs> that's so wild. So then we're not having to think through things as a human being. We're coming at this of like, okay, how is a computer reading, taking in my profile, taking in my resume? Um, that is wild. Welcome back to the Career Therapy Podcast, where we explore the hidden side of modern work, help you turn procrastination into job search motivation, and teach you how to stress less, earn more, and change careers with confidence. My name is Martin McGovern, founder and lead coach at Career Therapy, and I'm excited to introduce our guest today. Please welcome Anne-Marie Carruthers to the podcast. Today is a part two of our two-part series with Anne-Marie about the overlap of dating and job searching. So if you haven't listened to part one, feel free to go back and check it out before listening to this episode. Anne-Marie is a content strategist, digital educator, and founder of Public Privates, a project dedicated to helping people find love online safely by providing guidance on algorithms, AI facial recognition, and digital privacy and security. In today's episode, we talk about how ATS, or applicant tracking systems, and dating algorithms control our careers and our love lives. We also talk about how to manipulate these systems with keywords that work in your favor and what you can do to sidestep the whole online sinkhole entirely and use these apps as tools rather than crutches in your life. If you like our show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. We love hearing from you and your support enables us to keep curating these conversations and helping you grow in your life and career. Now grab a cup of coffee or tea and settle in for my conversation with Anne-Marie. Today's episode is brought to you by HireEct.us, a free app that lets hiring teams and candidates instantly chat about incredible job opportunities. If you're a hiring manager, CEO, or recruiter, download the HireEct app to see a curated list of talented individuals and accelerate your hiring process 10 times faster than traditional ways. And if you're a job seeker, join the platform to start talking to decision makers at startups who are ready to hire. Businesses grow faster when everyone is communicating seamlessly. Download HireEct.us, that's H-I-R-E-C-T dot U-S today. All right, Anne-Marie, we're back. I'm so excited for this part two. Um, if anyone hasn't checked out our previous episode, definitely go back and listen to it. Uh, today, we're going to get much more into the technical side of things, whereas before we talked a little bit more about the social side of things with, uh, you know, dating versus the job search. Now we're getting into the algorithms and the ATS systems and everything's like everything like that. Uh, and the one thing I wanted to kick us off with to just sort of follow up from yesterday or the previous episode's conversation <laughs> is this idea of. Uh, the feeling of what's wrong with me, all right? Mm -hmm. So with the dating world, with the job search world, with the app, you know, online apps of LinkedIn and Tinder and, and Bumble and whatever else is out there these days, um, a lot of times where people end up after all of these interactions and all of this stuff that they're trying to do and putting themselves out there is that they just start to feel like there's something wrong with them. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is, 
within our control, but a lot of it is outside of our control. And I'm kind of curious, how do the algorithms make people feel? Let's just start there. How, how do you feel like the algorithms are hacking our emotions and the ways that we think about ourselves? That's a really great point. That's actually one of the recommendations that if you look, um, there's been a really great uh, AI ethics, I feel movement happening where researchers and humanitarians and folks uh, and uh, kind of hacktivists, I don't know if people are still using that phrase, have been um, reviewing the use of AI in all of these different sectors of our lives and making recommendations of how can we be improving things uh, besides pointing out all of the issues that are currently happening. Because um, much of the reasons we've wanted to implement like AI to do a job besides, oh, it'll speed this up or things like that has been bias is a big one. And we're like, oh, it's, it's a machine. So it's unbiased, et cetera. But so pr the problem of that is to uh, build an AI to, to, is in, uh, to, you got to teach, you got to teach it, you provide data. Um, so essentially like you want, um, you got to teach like for machine learning. Um, you want it to be able to spot a cat or a dog. So you're going to give it thousands and thousands of photos of cats and dogs and, um, and train it that way. Um, as well as like parrots or things like that. And they'll learn, they don't, won't be able to identify it, et cetera. Um, but the way in which an algorithm and machine learning is different from a human being and a toddler it's like a toddler, you can point to a TV and show it a cow. And when the toddler's out in the real world and you're driving by a cow, the toddler's going to recognize it as the same thing as a cow. Machines aren't very smart. And they say so you would have to show every single instance of what a cow can look like on a variety of things and things like that. So that, that's the thing to remember. So talking about the, the data we're feeding it. So say for instance, um, you're wanting to do AI and you know, create an algorithm um, for better hiring, unbiased hiring, which is something we hear about all the time. Not only are you gonna feed it your hiring practices, but you'll probably, because you have to feed it a lot of data, hiring practices of maybe bigger companies like Google, Apple, et cetera. Um, if you just let that algorithm go, if you let the AI just start hiring people, it's probably gonna start hiring mostly white people, because historically in the data, they've been hiring mostly white people. Um, and so that, uh, that is something that we're trying to bring to transparency, you know, why are we asking for transparency? But the other big thing that we're asking as well is like, acknowledge the emotional elements of these, uh, of AI use being used in this way and the lack of transparency that does like, like acknowledge the consequences of feeling constantly rejected. Um, for instance, you know, a kind of uh, a, a line we can see is how often bots are used in dating apps. Like it's nobody, it's not new to anybody. There is a lot more men on dating apps than women. And in order to keep people on the app and show, oh, there's lots of women, um, dating apps in the past really haven't been great about 
uh, kind of scanning and getting rid of the bots. In fact, an estimated 30% of new accounts made each day on most dating apps are made are bots. So, you know, men could be matching with these bots or these scams or stuff like that, getting frustrated. And so by the time they do match with, with a human, there's that frustration that like, if they don't immediately hit it off, then you have those like that, that anger, that violence, et cetera, about it. You know, there's, there's one example of this older woman in Alaska matched with somebody kind of didn't work out. He ended up calling her like 84 times oh in 12 hours asking, you know, and, and I hear that all the time of like, well, well, why didn't you want to go to, why didn't it work out to look that or asking for that. And we see this frustration and this reaction to rejection, things like that. And then we also start to see that, you know, in the last few years, because it's been going on for a number of years now, um, we see that in the growing of the incels, you know, of, of the men's rights activists of this, like, oh, we deserve to have a girlfriend. We deserve this. And so we can't say that there are no consequences of not filtering out these bots of, of you know, that to keep people on apps and stuff like that because there are real consequences. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is, this is kind of consequences on both ends too, because I read yes. an article in Business Insider or something recently where they were talking about how companies aren't getting good qualified candidates. You know, you, you mm-hmm. hear all the time um, companies are like, well, we can't find anyone to fill these roles. And then you huh. look at this huge number of people who are mm-hmm. trying to find jobs and you're like, what are you talking about? And yeah. whenever I talk to people, in the job search, obviously the job search is exhausting and it's emotional and it's taxing and all these different things. And um, these platforms promise to make all of that better. They make a lot of big promises to people. If you watch Indeed Indeed's commercials or if you watch yes. um, any of this stuff, you're like, they're promising the world to these people. And it's actually something I struggle with as a coach because there's a lot of coaches that are out there promising the world to people too. And it makes me feel like very just kind of icky because, um, you know, I've never heard it's kind of one of the reasons why I went career therapy with my stuff instead of like be a boss, whatever. And like all this other stuff. Cause it's like the therapeutic world never promises anything. They just say, come here and let's work it out. Um, whereas all of these websites are like, get a job in 24 hours. And it's like, what are you talking about? It takes two to three months for a company to make a decision. What jobs are you talking about? What opportunities are you referring to? And it really does. It's this, um, cognitive dissonance that people go through of like, I'm being lied to on top of having to go through this terrible experience of trying to find this stuff. And, and it does start to foster these uh, core resentments and, and what we talked about in the last podcast, this baggage that people are bringing from one interview to the next, from one date to the next. And, you know, if you go on 10 bad dates because you're just not good at dating yet, the 11th date is going to be pretty charged if you don't have like a short memory. Like I, one of the things that I've heard people say about dating is like, try and be like a dog, try and have a short memory and a good attitude, right? And like the same thing with the job search, we really have to just be like, I applied to that job when like you kind of have to be almost pretending to, to be like a, a, a what is Dory from uh, the oh, yeah. you know, movies, right? You have to like have this like really Short-term short, memory. exactly really short term memory 
in order to get through this stuff. And, and when that um, resentment builds, if we don't get rid of it, if we don't let it go somehow, it does get toxic. And this idea of, I just deserve a job. I just should have a job now. Why hasn't anyone given me a job? And this also plays into the, and something else I want to get into in our conversation, the hyper focus on the self, this curating your profile, curating your, um, your dating profile, like just thinking about that curating a dating profile is so crazy. If you look (laughs) at it from the outs, from like an alien looking at a human, right? Like I'm going to sit down and find all my best photos. Hopefully I'm going to sit down and create some sort of like magical word salad. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to put this out into the world with no additional context and hope that it like we're, we're fishing with this stuff. Right. And it's, yeah. it's so strange that every aspect of our life has now become a personal brand. Right. And I come from the world of personal branding. So it's like, I used to be really good at helping people with this stuff. And I still am with the coaching stuff in, in the careers world. And it's just kind of funny how you can hack these things or at least you can attempt to hack these things. It's hard to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Even the people who make mm-hmm. the apps don't know what's happening in the apps, right? Yeah, and, and it's, and yeah, proprietary knowledge, all yeah. this other stuff, black box, you know, that, yeah. No, the, the, the black box is, is often what it's referred to as they don't exactly know what's happening. I didn't, well, I didn't uh, but No, but, but, but to the point, like I deserve a job and I say this to yeah. people all the time when they are like getting really fired up and I've had the incel conversation with some of my job yeah. seekers mm-hmm. where they're like, I'm starting to feel like a job seeking incel. Like this is ridiculous. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And it's because of the environment that, that the, the, the way things are set up. And, and for anyone who doesn't know what an incel is, it's an involuntary celibate. It's this whole online community. That's got a lot of issues with it. Um, But it's, it's people that are just like, I deserve this. Why don't I have it? And it's partially because they're being told by half the world, you should have this and you deserve this. Yeah. And the fact that you don't have this is something wrong with the world. And then on the other hand, they're being told, uh, you know, uh, any number of other things. But in my mind, in my mind, I always have the viewpoint of, I don't deserve any of it until I have put myself out there and found the right way to do it. And truly the right way to do it is to go meet people in real life and have real conversations and to do all these things, right? Dating help apps can help. uh, The job boards can help. Having a personal brand can help. Um, I'm sure even having a podcast that someone can engage with will make me a more attractive candidate for a contract at some point in the future. But there is this sort of interesting um, split that's happening where the people that are good at this stuff crush it and get everything and the people that aren't good at this stuff just get more and more beat down until they become one of those people that is just I deserve this and I'm angry at the world and I I hope in our conversation today we can sort of like help people navigate this a little bit better what are your thoughts on like where to start where do we start when it comes (laughs) to navigating all this stuff I think a way to try to take ego out of the is to recognize that we are in a perplexing time 
where in both dating and searching for a job, we are having to prove ourselves to an algorithm. We're having to prove ourselves to a bot that we are qualified for a job, that we deserve to be on a platform. You know, that's wild. <laughs> that's so wild. So then we're not having to think through things as a human being. We're coming at this of like, okay, how is a computer reading, taking in my profile, taking in my resume? Um, that is wild. So I think the first thing is, as I said, take or you get down a notch because it's, it, it truly isn't you. The, the name of the game has changed. But also to what you've said, the parts that haven't changed, that still remain some of the, the biggest factors in you getting a job and you meeting somebody is meeting someone in, in, like in person or, or through Zoom, video chat, something of like, like some form of human connection and honestly putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. That is a big factor I've seen for years. Yeah. Um, you know, not <laughs> to get into the rise of like social anxiety or, or things like that, but it, you know, it's, it's, um, the fact that we've started having to like teach kids how to have conversations again in school, yeah. like that's definitely something I've seen, uh, for years now. I mean, but I, I'll be honest how the first questions I, I would get in doing this and I've been doing it for a while were, you know, young men coming up to me and asking me what is a date and how do I plan a date? What, what do I say to people? What, what are good, you know, you talk about like, oh, the people who get like everything and like, like what are the toxic elements of it? And yes, there's this very toxic, you know, the power of seduction or like the game or all of this stuff that are kind of, we, you know, I hate the phrase, the hookup culture or whatever it is. But I think it's, we've, we've taken things to such an extent um, such an extreme, uh, that it's, it's hurting, it's hurting everybody. <laughs> on all sides. It is. There's, yeah. there's this one, there's this one YouTube channel called, uh, channel five. And, uh, it used to be called all gas, no breaks. And they're absolutely, it's, it's this guy, I think, uh, Callahan is his last name. And he just goes, he's in this RV with his buddies and he just goes around the country to like, like, anti-vax conferences like mm. different things like just talks to people and just like kind of lets them talk and just it's crazy to watch the underbelly of the of the everything but yeah. there's one episode where he goes to um a pickup artist uh group and you just see like how sad and detached these folks are and how like this is a coping mechanism this is a like defense mechanism that they've built because of their experiences with the world. And you're seeing that in a lot of personal brands and in a lot of the ways that people talk about things. And I think like there's this sort of echo chamber back and forth that's happening where someone puts themselves out there, they get, they don't get the right reaction for their, for who they are as a person. Right. So like, mm -hmm. I'll even use myself as an example. I did a live stream for like a year and a half every single morning. And I had a lot of reasons for doing it. So views wasn't the only thing I was looking at, thank God. But it did not get a lot of traction and it didn't get a lot of views. And it's one of those things where 
I'm like, just truly being myself. If I'm like stripped down half awake in the morning, talking to the computer about job search or, or stoicism or whatever the heck I was thinking about at the time. And I look back at like when I was 24, 25, and I was trying to like create content versus just like be myself. And I was like, so energetic. I was like in your face in the videos and like doing all this stuff. And those, I mean, nothing I've made gets tons and tons of (laughs) uh, engagement, but (laughs) it got way more engagement when I was this like character of caricature of myself versus my actual self. And you look at that and you just go, well, now I understand why so much of the world is how it is, right? Because even if you're trying to do something like job search stuff, which is boring, inherently boring, Mm -hmm. the people that get all the views are people dancing on TikTok with little career tips. And it's like, I guess I could do that. But now everyone is just being forced into these like pillars of content creation, you know? It's like, I've never ever in my life danced to a video and like wanted to put captions on it so like to do that it's changing who I am as a person and I think that that's what's frustrating to people about dating apps and job boards and and LinkedIn and all these things is that you almost feel like you have to change who you are at your core to ever be able to get through to the other side and it's like oh I feel worthless because I'm being told by the dating app that I can't get a part uh, a, a date unless yeah, I pre- unless I pretend dissipate. to be someone I'm not. It's like, and yeah. you can watch like Tim Ferriss and like hold a dog, not like show your eight yeah. like six yeah, pack, yeah, yeah. whatever. Show, show your six pack. It's have like, kittens sleeping on like, your chest. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> yeah, I don't. That. <laughs> it's like I don't have a dog. So am I supposed to go like kidnap a dog? Like, and so I'm curious. Like in in the way that you see this changing our like neuroscience, changing our psychology, mm. like. Mm. what are you seeing in the emotions of the people that come to talk to you? People are lost. That, especially recently. And I think this more has to do with the global pandemic, personally. I mean, the state of the world in general. People are lost. Um, I've talked for years about recognizing that, you know, recognizing, I talked about engagement for years. I've talked about and the importance of recognizing humans as organic beings and not data points and that we act on emotion more than anything else and you know saying that we're stressed is, is an understatement what you what we've seen from from you know uh neurobiology standpoint uh neurology standpoint excuse me um through prolonged stress our brain changes. Our frontal lobe shrinks. The, 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 the element that like is able to take in new information, um, learn and, and kind of you know, problem solve, that shrinks. And your amygdala, the emotional center of your brain grows. And so not only do you, know, so, you so it kind of continues to kind of amp, amp you up. It also makes it the, the frontal lobe also is the, the part of you that like can can stop, that can slow down the <laughs> stress, immediate stress response. So so that's really impacts. And like, honey, prolonged states of stress. Who hasn't been in a prolonged state of stress? We've been 33 years straight years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? I know. Like, where did, where did it start for you? Um, 
but that's so I've talked about that of like recognizing um like like uh, recognizing we're organic beings um that we're uh, I know we have to like constantly bow down to 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 uh uh as I said trying to impress an algorithm all the time these days but we're organic beings and if you start from that point you're campaigning your whatever you're trying to do will benefit will benefit if you start from the emotional core of it that's going to benefit you greatly you know and, and we've seen this because people you know were like um you know obama his whole campaign was hope that was based on emotion uh trump's fear uh, and control because of course when we're in a stress response we want to we don't have access to control brexit was the was the same thing i think it was take back control um so people are like well how could you vote for this thing that was like really hurtful to you and it's like because it's an emotion because they, they knew how to gear into people's emotions um and that's you know where you need to start thinking from so sorry that's my long <laughs> no i i love it because that, because that it point. also helps people understand why things are happening right yeah and i think like one of the things that fundamentally bothers me about a lot of this stuff is that it's encouraging people to not understand and only react. And it's crazy. You're talking about our brains actually physically changing, right? Changing. Um, yeah. and, and it is so interesting. Like, so when I was back on the dating apps, right. And I, it's so it's, it really is fascinating to look at dating apps and uh, LinkedIn next to each other, because I kind of did got on both at like the exact same time in college. They sort of arose at the same time. I think LinkedIn came out a few years before. So I started with this professional image and I started crafting it and like building a website and having my business cards, which in college business cards, crazy, but like I had business cards that matched my resume, that matched my website, that matched my LinkedIn. And I was like putting all these pieces together and I was still like, you know, not every company wanted to work with me. And I was like, how is this possible? Like I'm doing everything I can. And like, and then it goes a step further into your personal life. So it's like, okay, at least this is my professional image. Everyone has a professional image. You're a little bit different at work than you are at home. Obviously you're not going to be making the same jokes with your brothers as you would with your coworkers, like all these different things. Right. And so there's a little bit of a separation of church and state in, in the, in the job world. And people can put forth a bit more of a professional image. But in the dating world, it was raw. It was just, this is who you are and people are rejecting you. And it's like, ah, crap. And it's like, and that starts, but what I found so fascinating as these two worlds started to evolve next to each other is that the job search world became much more like dating. And the dating world almost became much more like a job search. And first dates became interviews where you're like, I've talked about these five things and, and like, I have to get all my like deal breakers out the way. And I got to like, I got 20 people I got to go on dates with. So we got to move Here's, through here. Are my love languages. What are yours? Oh like, my gosh. Blah, blah, blah. Like, What's your ideal? You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I put like my personality type in my profile at one point. Like, it's just yeah. like that. <laughs> I had it in my dating profile and in my LinkedIn. And it's like, what am I doing here? Am I auditioning for jobs yeah. while dating? It's crazy. Yeah. And like, and then it's funny to like take 10 steps back and look at how I actually got success in my love life and in my career. Always people that I met in person through activities that I enjoyed. And so like, 
when you really bring it. And I'm like, how much time did I waste on these profiles and this like image of myself and, and all these different things. And then like, and then it brings up this heightened imposter syndrome because you've put a version of yourself out there that doesn't match who you are. And that was a big thing that I had to go through when I, my first business went under. I had built this entire reputation around being an entrepreneur. I quit my job to become an entrepreneur and I did all these things. And like, some of it was me fronting. Some of it was like all my coworkers being like, oh my God, you're doing this crazy thing. And like, it really built it all up. And I just remember hitting a point when, when the business went under and I read Ego is the Enemy um, by Ryan Holiday. And I just went like, I'm trapped in an image. Like I was wearing a vest. I had like my hair a certain way. I had certain glasses. I like was a caricature of myself. And mm-hmm. I actually went through this like long phase of like changing everything, just like destroying that entire image in order to rebuild something a bit more authentic. And I think yeah. one of the hardest parts of all this is like the keywording and the algorithms and the ATS and all this stuff. It's, it's, almost constructing an ego you could never live up to. And Mm. the imposter syndrome that comes along with that, I think is so damaging to people. And I'm curious, like when you Mm. see imposter syndrome come up, what does it look like on the dating side? Um, And how do people deal with it? Well, do you want to take a guess the average amount of time that goes by before people break up? When you start newly dating somebody. Oh God, I have no, Take I'm like so sad How many and scared. Months? One. Three. Three, okay. People, people can only, so I, you're going to hear about like new relationship energy or things like that. Or now there's like love bombing and that's a whole other thing. You can only keep up a mask of your authentic self. Whatever thing you're you're trying to promote to that you're, you're sure this is this is the way to be in order for someone to love you. For three months and after that boy are you tired this is this is also a reason why you know people you know love at first sight or whatever people warn you of like hey before you move in with somebody before god you get engaged or married to somebody like give it a minute because the biological like the actual hormonal uh uh scientific feeling of love lasts at most two years and i don't mean that's a scare of like nobody's in love no but it's important like you need to get along as people you need to get along as friends there's so many other factors because that rush is gonna end and i'm not saying that there isn't ways to like you're not gonna stop loving somebody or whatever you, you know what i mean but 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 that rush of like oh they're perfect da, 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 da. honey that you're that those shades in your eyes are going to come off after at least two years those <laughs> love you know, goggles are going to come those down, love yeah. goggles are going to come off and then you're going to be like oh this is a really annoying habit of theirs <laughs> or like oh i don't really like these parts um but yeah the average uh the average time is about three months for the most now people can have this kind of fake persona and, and just, I want you to continue that point, but just to add Please. in some flavor, that's exactly the same thing with this dream job BS that everyone's mm. talking about. Cause everyone's yeah. like, as soon as I get that job, everything's going to be fixed. I'm like, yeah, for a month or two. And then you're going to hate your boss. And then the whole cycle starts again. Uh, but yeah. keep going with what you're saying. That's fine. That's why, like, as I say again and again, the most important thing you can do on both sides of both activities, 
writing down, like really searching within yourself and writing down what you want. Like, what are the, what are the key features of a person, you know, that you, you care about? And it can't be looks on it. Can't be looks. Those fade. Okay. It has to be, has to be qualities. <laughs> um, and limit to yourself to like three or five, you know, let's not, let's not run a laundry list, but having those key features, cause that's going to help you, um, know what to ask for on apps, like no, no, uh, you know, help that other person be able to connect with you, um, who, who has those things. And I know we've talked about like authenticity, I think, um, I, I, I definitely feel a lot when you're talking about like, oh, I did this like character version of myself. So I honestly, I did stand up for years and I've been a performer forever. And that persona, cause it is a persona honey, would carry over in my relationships mm-hmm. to the point that I had somebody break up with me because of it. And I didn't understand it. And a friend was like, dude, were you aware of how you were at like the restaurant we were all together? Like you were on, it was all da, 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 da. And I was like, oh yeah, that's really annoying. And yeah. it's not who I am. Cause like that, that was a comment I'd get a lot of the time. Like I'm actually like, yes, I'm a performer, blah, blah, blah. I'm a very quiet person. And so, you know, people would be like, oh, Amory's, Amory's, you know, laugh a minute, da, da, da. And they'd go on a vacation with me or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fun for about a day. And then I won't say anything for the next four days. Well, and <laughs> you, and you hear that like, all the time about performers, right? Yeah. You hear it about like oh. John Mulaney. You hear it about like mm-hmm. all these performers that you would oh, yeah. think would be a riot to hang out with. No. And like Andy Samberg. Like I know someone whose mm-hmm. sister is married to his whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, wow. yeah, but yeah, the whole some, thing some... is like, they're like at the Christmas dinner, he just, he didn't say a word. It's like, yeah, that makes about sense. And like, And I do think that what you're saying here is so important for people to realize is like the internet is encouraging you over the last five to 10 years to be authentic. And there is two ways to go with that. The one way is to be truly authentic. And then you really have to not care about likes and follows and all the engagement and all that stuff, which is incredibly difficult to do. Or you have to be authentic and live up to this image you create for yourself, which no one can do. Like even the best performers, like that's why there's so much abuse, like drug abuse and stuff like that, because people are so stressed out because they can't maintain the facade in a way. And I love what you're saying there. Cause that like that idea of always being on, you know, um, I was listening to an interview with Rob Lowe of all people and mm. someone was asking him about like fame. And they were like, when was the best time to be famous? And he gave this weird answer about like 1984 being the perfect time because uh, no one had cameras or phones or social media or anything. It was before a bunch, you know, like the AIDS outbreak and everything like that. He's like, we thought cocaine was healthy for us. Like, obviously they had a lot of things wrong, but yeah. <laughs> but he was talking about like, fame today he's like why bother why bother with fame today it's all responsibility it's like you have to be this character 24 7 all the time and this is what's happening to normal people who don't get paid rob low salaries and it's really frustrating because it's like you have to pretend to be um some sort of like 
coding savant every single day in order to be able to get an entry level role at some BS company. It's it's kind of crazy. And you have to pretend to be some Lothario woman like <laughs> whisperer in order to get a date with an average normal human being. It's it's this yeah. crazy thing that happens and and you hear it in the way people talk. It's like I have to be a millionaire. I have to like go get plastic yeah. surgery. I have to go do all these different things and it's really changing people. It's changing how people and you see it in in young people the most because i was listening to um jonathan height uh who runs the heterodox academy and he was talking about how um suicide rates are increasing in young women and and i think like this is such a terrible evolution of all these things right these things were supposed were built in a way that was supposed to help us supposed to be like Let's streamline your hiring process. Let's allow anyone to access any jobs around the country, right? But all it seems to really be doing is giving everyone anxiety disorders and <laughs> and and putting everyone in competition with, like you're not just competing with the five other people in your town that code. You're competing with the world. You're competing with India. Like you're competing with everyone, yeah. billions yeah. of people. And And how do you... How do you get the job if like everyone in the world could pretend, at least in the dating world, I guess like you're somewhat limited by your location, right? But mm-hmm. then you got all these like shows about people dating people in other countries who are then getting swindled oh, and catfished, right? The 700, the 700, like not 90 day fiance, like that, that whole franchise. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Which I think, which I think there's at least like as many podcasts about that show as there are <laughs> that, like, that many shows. Um, no, it is, it is, um, yeah, it's a wild time to say the least. Um, no, so so many things to respond to. <laughs> well, so where so let's start with the let's start with the. I want to just get back to the technical piece here. Sure, sure. Because there's an an amount that we can, again going back to our previous conversation. What's in your control and what's out of your control, right? We can lament about yeah. all this stuff all day, but at the end of the day, yeah. this is how the world is, and all we can do is respond to it. So, let's say. Um, Someone is sitting down and they're like, all right, I'm still working on building up the confidence to go network or to go talk to someone in the real right. world. Like, I remember when I tried to ask someone out who I rode the train with every day, it took like months to build up the courage. But people are terrified to network. People are terrified to talk to people. So oh, they're they going to they're gonna try the apps first. They're going to try social mm-hmm. media first. They're going to try all these other easier solutions, let's say dip their toe in the water. And the the apps are gonna say, you have to put your best foot forward. So how do we hack the apps? How do we use them in a way that is- How do we manipulate an algorithm? Yes, how do we we get the benefits without getting fully trapped in all the negatives? Obviously can't avoid every negative, but how do you get all, how do you squeeze as much value out of them as possible without going completely off the rails? So it's interesting because we're talking about authenticity and how we have to go around things about things today is in actually a very inauthentic way. Mm-hmm. Um, because as, as I said, we're trying to impress an algorithm. We're not trying to impress a person. Like in order to access that person, you have to impress the algorithm. So what I would suggest to people 
if if you have to do the apps like like my my first thing as I said is like first thing figure out what you want second thing um look at what you like to do and figure out how to go do them I recognize we're in a pandemic so if you can't go to a class we can't go to a meetup um, that kind of you know that kind of thing guess what there's virtual spaces for that and as I've said there's been success there um but the third thing if so if you have to use an app how to manipulate algorithms there's a number of ways so first of all um, it is extremely likely that once again, I have, I can't do absolutes because there's, this isn't out there have not been transparent about the algorithms. These are things that have been surmised by engineers and other folks playing around with it. So I just want to, I just want to, whoa, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> so sorry. Got a suicidal pigeon over here. Um, oh my goodness. So I just want to, yeah, just want to explain that. Um, I'm awake now. So what I would suggest is, uh, I just want to provide some, some background to that. So what the algorithms are, are typically doing on dating apps, especially dating apps where you swipe, et cetera, is they're giving you what's called an ELO score, um, which is a phrase uh, used in like gaming or chess, you know, where when you go to a chess tournament, they're not going to put you with, you know, if you've, you've done 300 chess messages and you're amazing, they're not going to put you at number one. They're going to find somebody who has a similar score to you of success. So you're, you're matched there. So that's what the algorithm is trying to do. And it bases your score based on your profile pictures, what you write in your profile. Those are the two biggest factors. And then it starts to pay attention to your behavior on the app. For instance, if you are saying yes to everybody, you're swiping yes to everybody, it will shadow ban you on the app. And it'll start saying, oh, you've, you've reached everybody in your area. There's nobody else. Because it thinks you're a bot. It thinks you're oh. a scam. So those, those provisions that have been put in place. Yeah. So you can't be careful about saying yes to it. Little, unless it's Same like with LinkedIn. Saying, if you connect with everyone, it'll stop showing yeah. you people. Exactly. So there's so safety measures they've tried to put in place. So be careful of that. Um, it's also aware of how active you are in the app. You know, if you're not a frequent user, guess what? It's not going to show your profile a lot. It's not going to show that a lot because they want to be matching people with people who are using the same amount. So that's something mindful. Even if you just check on maybe once a day or something like that, that's a good way to kind of stay in the game as, as, uh, as the algorithm will be tracking you. Uh, it also pays attention to the length of your messages, how frequently you message people, things like that. Uh, if you do, if you do more messages, it's going to be wanting to it'll it'll up your score and show you more people. Um, but another feature that people should be aware of that we don't have a lot of control over because those are all things you, you these are actions you can take you know, maybe do better profile pictures and there's lots of writing about that. You know, focus on your keywords or things like that. Uh, on your on your profile. Um, okay, Cupid, years and years ago, did this really great uh, illustrative mapping of uh, the most common words used by folks of what people really responded to and what they didn't, you mm -hmm. know, if a woman, if like a woman said, you know, she had a cat, she would get a lot of content. But if she said she had cats, plural, <laughs> then you know, I kid you not like, like that was that it was that fine grain. So, so there's, there's resources out there and I, and I have my, my site and things like that. So we can get into the nitty gritty. And I'm, and I definitely talk with my clients about like, okay, let's be mindful of what, you know, your pictures are like, maybe if you have something in red, like if you're, if you're a femme presenting person, Hey, if something in red, you know, we know like 
from a psychology standpoint, a behavioral psychology standpoint, people respond X, Y, and Z. There's that kind of stuff you could do. The problem where we don't have control over things is that um, dating apps such as Tinder likely use the same kind of algorithm that like Netflix uses to recommend you movies. And it's something called collaborative filtering. So what collaborative filtering is, is that the algorithm is deciding what to show you in terms of profile, say on a dating app, based on both your actions on the app, as well as the actions of all other users. So it's not just you. So ways that that can hurt you is let's say somebody goes on the app, you know, you have one person, they swipe yes to a bunch of blondes and then no to brunette. This, and that happens again and again and again. By the time you get to the app and you said yes to that same blonde, the algorithm has learned that people who like blondes don't like brunettes. So it'll stop showing people's profiles that way. Or more importantly, it might stop showing your profiles. Mm. And while once again, proprietary knowledge of algorithms or these dating apps aren't, aren't sharing stuff, you know, the data we do have is that black women are the least messaged on dating apps. And so we can see how bias creeps in to these apps. Um, we do have that data. So I, I will be mindful, like it would be great, uh, hi Tinder or other dating apps if you're listening, it would be great that you could have a feature uh, that you could like press a button and reset, reset the algorithm or something like that. Um, they're not gonna get rid of it because as I said, they like an algorithm's there to, to try to prevent bots. To, it's there for reasons, um, but to reset it because right now I can tell you entire websites are dedicated to how to reset your Tinder, mm. like how to reset your Tinder so you can see more people or get back out there again. Um, because it's actually extremely difficult to do to try and reset your ELO score, to try and, and reset your profile. Um, so that, that is kind of the, the background I would give. So the things you do have control over, once again, uh, you can go out and meet people. You can put yourself out there. You can write down. There's actually a lot you do have control over mm -hmm. uh, that don't require an app. Um, but yes, if you use it, then happy to talk to, and then there's resources on my site of like, okay, let's be mindful of our pictures. And once again, what you're writing on your profile, uh, and then as well as your actions on, on apps, you do have yeah. somewhat control. Yeah. We interrupt today's episode to let you know about career therapies, unstuck coaching program. If you're feeling paralyzed by job search procrastination and unsure of what to do next in your career, we're here to help. Each month as a member, you will get access to two one-on-one -on -one coaching calls, unlimited virtual chat with your coach via Slack, invitations to bi-weekly group coaching sessions, and lifetime access to our eight-part job search curriculum. Want to take your search to the next level? Head over to careertherapy.com and schedule a free 15-minute consultation to chat with me today and see if coaching is right for you. Now back to our show. Again, it's like there are certain things in our control and certain things outside of our control. And we always yeah. want to focus on what's in our control yes. and then build those other pieces of ourselves. And I think one of the important things to remember about everything that we're talking about here is that these apps are supposed to be tools that enable you to do what you do better, right? 
they're not supposed to be a crutch. That is your only source of interaction. And so, you know, for instance, this podcast is a wonderful tool to get ideas out there, to help me connect with people, to connect with listeners or potential clients and things like that. But first and foremost, I enjoy having conversations with people and that I would be having a conversation with you, Anne-Marie, regardless of the podcast. And we have prior to the podcast. Mm -hmm. And like, and these are the things that like, it's not a replacement, it's an augmentation. And so when it comes to dating, when it comes to job seeking, these profiles and these apps need to be augmentations to the full capability that you're bringing to the job search that you're bringing to your life of trying to be better, trying to improve. And there's so much value in taking the hard road. Now, the one question I have for you that maybe we can end on is, is it possible as we move into the future to do these things without these apps? Is it possible to have a career without LinkedIn? Uh, The general sense right now is if you're not on LinkedIn, you don't exist to a company. Um, Is it possible to date without dating apps anymore? And I think these are the questions that like, I, you know, when I'm on TikTok every once in a while, I see a lot of people on younger people on podcasts, like lamenting these things and asking these questions. And I'm kind of curious, like, let's say we we talked about the technical side. Now let's talk about the non-technical side. (laughs) If we put down the computer and put down the apps, Mm -hmm. where do we start? Sure. Um, So I think that the first thing, and I've kind of just wanted to say this whole time is like, the biggest thing I say to people is like, first of all, like be kind to yourself. Um, this is a lot, this is a lot more than our parents did. This is a lot more than a, even 10, 10 years ago we were doing, um, it is work and it's unfortunate. Um, but like, be kind to yourself, like have that acknowledgement and, and that you're working hard. Don't, you know, just acknowledge that of just like it, things have changed. It's not you. It's just a lot higher stakes. So to answer your question, <laughs> Um, dating most certainly can be done outside of apps. Okay. Can we start like, that's honestly what I recommend again and again, like the recommendations I, I do out on the site and things like that are like, okay, if, um, you know, if you're going that route, then here are some things to know, et cetera. And I'm always happy to do that. Um, but in terms, but I also try to put a lot of stuff out there, as I've said in this app or sorry, in this podcast is, um, the things you can do to meet people are the same things we've been doing for ages and ages and ages. Mm-hmm. If it's safe, if you're vaccinated and safe, go outside, do things you want to do. Um, yeah, going out, um, going to places where you're going to meet people and ideally in situations where you're doing something you enjoy, uh, a concert, um, a class, things like that. That is one of the best ways to meet people. I do not, I will say this. I do not recommend like traveling, like going to like, oh, I'm going to be part of this like group on a tour of traveling and stuff like that. Don't do that. That's a really isolating thing. I've heard of people who are like, oh, I'm going to go like meet somebody out. Like, no, no, those <laughs> movies are lying to you. Please don't do that. That's how the 90 day fiance, you know, franchise got started. 
Um, but it absolutely can. And I think actually one of the recommendations for like our generation and the generations uh, for right, you know, right now, like millennials and, and Gen Z, we are going to need to be a generation that knows actually how to pull back from the information overload. That is going to be our survival tool going forward because you point to, you know, this rise in mental illness, things like that. We were not meant to be linked in to every awful thing that's going on in the world 24 seven. We were not wired for that. And as we can see, it's coming with very serious consequences for us um, biologically. So I, I think going forward, like that's, you know, people are like, oh, I'm unplugging. It's not that <laughs> like, we still like their tool. We just need to acknowledge their tool again. And in the ways that we can set those boundaries around taking a step back. But yeah, the, the big thing I can say to folks is like, absolutely. I, I don't recommend apps to be honest. I, I get that Tinder has 57 million viewers, like users on it. So, Ooh, yay. 57 million people. I could be matched it. But we know psychologically human beings, if you have more than six things like choices, you can't choose. So like Over maybe choice don't, is bad, yeah. don't, don't do the 57 million. <laughs> um, so keeping it to, to doing things in your area, stuff like that, that you enjoy, you're going to find people who also hopefully enjoy that thing and starts going from there. Like, yes, meet cutes are like, no, please don't put your heart on meet cutes. And I tell people that don't be like putting your heart on like the spark or whatever, like, but, but putting yourself out there and pursuing things you want will really help you find people along the way. Yeah. And I think a key point here is that if you're taking the easiest route, you're not going to actually grow as quickly. And one of the things that if I look back at everything in my career, the memories that I have where I grew the most are the ones in which I put myself in situations that were difficult. And so yeah. The dating apps and all the time that I spent swiping and all the time I spent going out with people that weren't right for me and like I wasn't right for them and it was just a total cluster. You could go on five or six of those dates and you don't really get much. You don't learn a lot. You don't grow a lot because no, you never put yourself in a situation where you're having to figure out what your hobbies are or put yourself in a situation where you have to go like, oh, I actually thought I liked yoga and I maybe don't or I thought mm -hmm. I liked this like. There's so much more that you gain from putting yourself into these, um, putting yourself into situations of like, maybe, maybe you don't find someone that you'll date, but you actually find a hobby that like ignites your curiosity for the next five years, like even better. Right. And so yeah. there's, whereas like on a, on a dating app, you either get a date or you feel like crap and like, there's not yeah. any other value there. And I think the same with job applications and job boards. It's like you get the job or you feel rejected. There's nothing else mm -hmm. that you get out no of it. Between. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, no, no, I was going to say to your point, like, by the way, big factor here, people like people who are interesting. Mm. So I recognize capitalism has made us try to like monetize all our hobbies, but like, please go out and have a hobby. Please go out and learn something you want to do or that you like, or, or have projects or whatever, if you know, have capacity for that, because that's going to get you, that's going to once again, help you both in finding people who want to date you as well as helping you with the job. Like I, like, it's a weird thing that I've heard in interviews now are like, Oh, do you have any like fun hobbies or what have you been doing during the pandemic? And I was like, well, besides surviving, trying to survive, like, Oh, I've been doing X. You want to show you, you have a life and you are an interesting person. I cannot tell you how many people are not like, I'm not going to say not that interesting, but are unable to communicate 
those, those passions or those things. Um, Cause that's what people are really drawn to. It's so true. And like, I'll just give a quick example in the job search arena. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Even if it's something that you don't do a ton, it's interesting. Right. And so like in my first interview ever for a job, uh, maybe it was back in college on campus. I went in, I had a broken thumb because I went on a skiing outing that weekend with uh, a bunch of people Mm -hmm. with my, in my dorm. And uh, I go to shake the guy's hand because of course I'm anxious and I don't remember my hand is broken. (laughs) And he's like, what happened to your hand? And I go, oh, I went skiing this weekend. And he just proceeded to talk about skiing for 25 minutes. And I was like, yeah, I've skied when I was 12 and I broke my thumb this weekend. Like, that's all I know. And like, but it was an interesting enough, like back and forth where like, he goes, oh, we should probably talk about like the job. And I was like, yeah, in the last five minutes. And I ended up getting that job. And like, these are the funny things that people overlook. It's like, if you're in an interview and they say, well, what do you got going on in your life? And you say, right. I'm just applying for jobs. That's all I'm doing every day. And I'm angry. It's like, cool. Good for you, man. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. if, if you have a project, I'm always encouraging people to have little side projects, not mm-hmm. just not to be an entrepreneur or anything, but just to like, keep your sanity and have something to talk about. And like the same in and the dating something world. you can control. Yeah. Like that's a big part of it. Like and having you- something that, you know, you, you like it's, it's on, not on you, but you enjoy doing like, that was like actually a wonderful thing with the pandemic for me is like, you know, yes, I was getting frustrated. My job might take forever to do something, but knowing that at the end of the day, I had something I could, I could control and be like, oh, I can just get this stuff done now. Like mm-hmm. that's, that can help with those feelings of everything else being out of control. Sorry to interrupt you. I no, you're, you're right on point. And cause like, Imagine if you went on a date with someone and they said, so what do you do in your like when you're not on this date? You're like, I just juggle other dates. Yeah. Cool. Great conversation. (laughs) Like this is going so well. And like the same with the the job search. It's like, so what do you do when you're not talking to us about this job? Mm -hmm. I talk to uh, Mm -hmm. other people about other jobs. Cool. But like what? Like give us some. I think that's Something. the thing. It's like, and, and, and where I want to end on all this is like going back to that ego is the enemy piece. Mm-hmm. Everything on the internet is telling you to build your ego, focus on yourself, yeah. brand yourself, sell yourself, improve your profiles, improve the way you set like keywords and all that stuff. And there's value mm-hmm. in doing some of a lot of that stuff. But at the end of the day, this is people hiring people. And this is where the algorithms also go wrong because companies are getting crappy employees because they never get the emotional piece. They're, they're filtering people just on keywords and they're missing out. There's that article. They're missing out on great candidates because they're filtering out great candidates because they don't have the right keywords. And so if we can just, again, use these things as tools and then improve our ability to handle the real world, I think that that will help people you know, grow much quicker throughout their careers and in their love life. And also focusing on community. I I see a lot of growth and focus on like building community. And because I think that's something, you know, the many lessons of the pandemic we've realized is how critical that is. And how, I mean, that's essentially what we're both saying is, you know, that's, that is how you get the jobs. That is how you meet people is having a network, but like friends like that mm-hmm. that's also the going out and doing stuff or building online community or stuff like that it's like by focusing on that these other things can come more naturally um 
So anyway, I, I mean, I can, I can go on. I have so many yeah. stories. No, I, I, love it. Really I, love it. I was like, I was like, Oh, I can tell you like the pickup line. I can tell you like the pickup line adventures of like serial dating or times <laughs> where like, I was like, I was like, I was like, Oh, I should, should probably base these. on like, here are all my trial and errors of like, I used to set up back to back. Like I had one Starbucks location and like 20 minutes. Let's, for, like, let's like, 20, wait, 30 minutes. we got some tired. Let's dig okay. into a couple of things. Cause I, I do, cause I do yeah. think that there's so like, all right. So when I was going through the whole dating app phase of my life um there I had to listen to the art of charm and I had to listen to a lot of things because I was an awkward anxious (laughs) weirdo and like and that's so many people that's so many people that's why that's that's why it's a billion dollar industry a hundred percent and I'm like I'm like okay I'm gonna put like a TARDIS mug in my picture just to filter out like nerds like maybe I'll get maybe I'll get some nerds and like I think what's so funny about all this stuff is like you learn like what to say and like in, in uh, there are bad parts of the internet, good parts of the internet. And sometimes you send things that you're like, this is cringy even for me, but it's like, you're trying to make a joke or you're trying to do whatever. And right. like, right. and I think, uh, I'm, you know, one of the things that you pointed out, which I think is really important. And then I want to hear your stories is uh, sure. <laughs> don't, don't just, don't just travel the world and expect things to happen. Yeah. I think like, the eat, pray, love thing really kind of oh, builds God. people's brains in the wrong way. Emily in Paris. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so like, just get a fedora or whatever. And like, um, <laughs> one of the things that I, like, cause I actually met my partner through traveling, but it was through a mm. travel community and right. it right. was called Coming under back to that community. Exactly. Piece. And it was exactly. called under 30 experiences. And uh, we've had Matt on the podcast who, who founded it. And like, one of the things that was so interesting about it was that you went on a trip with 20 other strangers all in your same age group and you just did crazy trips around the world. And the thing is, I don't like to travel that much. I'm not like a huge travel buff. I don't like right. seek out places to go. Like my partner's right. really into travel and that's why she w- worked for the company. And like, it's funny how she, she's like, oh, I want to go to Greece and I want to go to here. And I'm just the person that's like, I'll go wherever anyone else wants to go. You plan it, I'll go. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's, if I, if my buddy didn't message me one day randomly and say, I just came back from a trip to Costa Rica with this group, you should go on a trip. And I went, I don't know, I don't really travel. He's like, you should mm-hmm. go on a trip, like get out of your house. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. And I signed up for Iceland and like that completely changed the trajectory of the next like five years of my life because I ended up like meeting all these people and then did a road trip around the country and then started going to all these meetups. It's like, it's not like, oh, I did one thing we met. It, it, no, it took like right. seven no. years to get to the yeah. place that I ended up. Yeah. And it's like, I think people also don't, look at the long game of how this stuff yeah. plays out they're like oh my word i didn't get married within two weeks it's like no like we knew each other for like five years before we even realized like oh wait we should probably <laughs> like this is the kind of stuff and i'm curious you know all right we're, we're talking about <laughs> starting points but i think right. we also need to keep in mind like the, the journey. long journey that Dang. is ahead but but yeah. what are some of the things that <laughs> you've noticed some of the the stories that you've come across oh sure um so many well, I'll speak to your journey point. So one of my longest relationships actually, you know, um, had like that great story. So I'm, I'm very forward. I'm very used to like making my intentions known, not, not in a, an aggressive way, but, um, I memorized this script at a young age. 
um, like in college. And it was about, um, it, it was really an exercise in like being able to like work up to handle rejection. Mm. Um, like it was like the script from a template and I just modified it. And so I would practice when I would see people in the real world going up to them and, and asking them out and, it, you know, trying to find that appropriate way. And it was basically like, and it's something I've shared with a lot of people. It was like, Hey, um, I'm so sorry to bother you. Uh, I'm on my way to do this thing, but I think you're really hot or something like that. Or I love this thing. And would you like to grab coffee sometime? Um, no pressure. Uh, if, if like, like, here's my number, if you, you know, things like that. So it's a chill, like they can make the decision. You can hand it to them. They don't have to say yes or no, whatever. Um, everybody loves a compliment. You, you know, <laughs> you know, if you do it appropriately, you know, that, that bad balance, um, and it was great. And I cannot tell you how many people I ended up dating because of that. And um, whether or not I, I recommend that all the time, you know, <laughs> definitely be aware of circumstances or environments, you know, if you see somebody having a hard time juggling things or whatever, or like, or don't they do look it on scared. LinkedIn chat. If, don't do it in LinkedIn <laughs> chat, you know, don't do it in the office. Don't do it at 4 a.m. when you see somebody across the street and they're kind of looking scared. Like maybe don't do that. <laughs> don't approach somebody then. But that was like a really good exercise in like getting over what you've talked about, pushing yourself through uh, an uncomfortable feeling, you know, that discomfort um, to, to getting that reward. So speaking mm-hmm. through the journey point. Okay. So, so that's what I'm saying. So I used, I used to kind of use that line. And so it was Halloween and, um, and, you know, in Chicago, we know Chicago, like Halloween is like musical chairs for single people. Yeah. Cause it's like the last time people are going to go out before winter really mm-hmm. hits and nobody's out anymore. So you got to get those numbers on it. You got to line up that winter cuddle buddy. And, um, I, um, so I was, I was lining up my winter cuddle buddies and getting those numbers and, um, uh, I see somebody and we had like, we were like, uh, DC, uh, like matching, like they were like the superhero to my like supervillain costume. And so I was like, Hey, and whatever. And we're dancing. And I was like, Oh, can I, you know, do you want to like hang out? Something like that. Can I, can we exchange numbers? Something like that. And they're like, nah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's chill. Um, and I went back to the too many other numbers I had already that night. Um, so like, six months like six or seven months went by and we end up going auditioning for the same show no in Chicago way. yeah 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 and we end up both getting into the show and um after the first rehearsal they text me and they're like hey were you like Catwoman for Halloween <laughs> this thing and I was like I am so sorry for whatever whiskey Anne Marie said to you <laughs> Um, and, uh, once again, this, we're going to learn things here. Um, and so all people were just like, oh, you guys like clearly have this chemistry, da, 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 whatever. And I really, and I really like them. And I still, they were great. Um, and they actually like came over. I used to do this move that was like, I would invite people over for like crepes or something like that. And that was, that was cause I didn't, I didn't drink anymore at the time. And so I invited them over for crepes and we were going to play a game or something like that. And somebody else I was seeing at the time, it was just like a weird thing. Um, they texted me and they're like, Hey, I'm going to head over. Like, if you want to like, you know, get together, stuff like that. 
And I said yes to that. So then I turned to this person because I was like, oh, it's friends. We're just friends or something like that. They didn't want my number. Da, da, da. So I was like, honey, you got to go. I'll make them put these grapes in Tupperware. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've got a date coming over. And that mistake like elongated this, this uh, eventual courtship, like another like six months. Oh, so I, all of this is to say like, and then, and then eventually like we were, we were hanging out one night and I was like, oh, you know, people always like ask if we're dating because we're like spend all this time together we're hanging out and stuff like that and they're like why aren't we dating and I was Mm -hmm. like oh okay we'll do that and that's that's how eventually it happened and we were together for like five years or so um but anyway timing is everything and I think we can say back to like same thing with jobs (laughs) you know I was like oh we'd seen that they had that position open earlier um it sucks that a lot of times in connection like this was you know luckily you had that long journey you know seven years and now you're together and you know even that even though it ended you know it was it was like this funny story of like oh here are all the times where you know we just weren't direct and blah 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 um but timing can be a really tricky thing you know i i know uh, uh, one client was having a real connection with somebody but um they were like moving away you know, mm. and do you want to do that long-term relationship? Do you want a like, long distance relationship or things like that? You know, and that's, and that's a lot of things is, is can come down to timing, which, which is really hard, but at the same time, you know, if we're looking at the long game, there might be occasions where that person moves back or other things, maybe you move there, whatever, you know, keeping, learning how to, to keep people in your life and not completely burn bridges or something like that, unless that needs to happen, <laughs> unless it's a boundary. Um, yeah, I think that's that is something to really focus You're on. You're so on point. I, and I really appreciate oh, you, you sharing this because it's like, it really is. And this is the same with the job search, right? Like you need to, so many people finish a, a job application or an interview series and they get rejected and then they hate that company and they never want to go back. And they like, they, they hold on to yeah. that resentment. And I'm like, yeah, don't. First of all, it's a company. Like, so there are differences yeah. in the dating like and everything, but there's, there's this thing that happens where people end up burning their own bridges. And I see this with clients all the time where it's like, you could have left on good terms and eventually turn that around in like six months to a year if you wanted to. Um, And one of the key things I always tell people is like, always be the most helpful person, always be the most helpful person. Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. what ends up happening. And I've, I've done this is like a company offers me a job and it doesn't pay the right amount. So I go, I can't do that for that price, but I know people who are like breaking into the industry who would be happy to do that. Mm. Would you like introductions? Mm. So now my network is happy. The company's happy and I'm happy because I left on good terms or flip it around. Like, um, they, uh, they turn me down and I still go, apparently you needed someone more senior. Would you like some introductions to other people I'm happy to make those introductions and it keeps the relationship going. Now, am I perfect? Is everyone I've ever met like? I'm sure there's tons of people that hate me and I'm sure I've made a lot of bad impressions, but you can try your best as you get better and better at this stuff. And you can become less anxious about doing this stuff if you do it more, if you expose yourself to it more. And to your stories here, I think it's so interesting (laughs) because it's like in my own experience, in my relationship, it was the exact same way timing was such a funny thing and we comment all the time about how like we've known each other for a lot longer than we've been together and we just got engaged mm-hmm. this year and like if we had tried to date at any other point in our life than when we exactly did start dating 
we would have blown it up, both of us in our own ways. And it's funny to look back because like we were friends for multiple years and we ended up only going out uh, in this one very specific instance. Like the the things that had to happen for us to actually go on a, a first date is kind of crazy. Um, but what ended up happening was I was moving to Texas and they had just gone through a breakup in the same week. And then they missed my partner, missed my going away party. So we got drinks the night before I left to like say goodbye. And then we're like, that was a really fun night. Let's just like keep in touch while you're in Texas and like just friendship stuff. And Mm -hmm. then like, while I was in Texas, uh, we started doing these like tipsy Tuesday gin and tonics on zoom and then like, Aww. and then what, the funniest thing happened, she missed one because she was hanging out with her sister. And I was like, oh no, that hurt. That hurt a lot. Oh no, I like this person. <laughs> it was like a realization. And then, you know, the dominoes kept falling and, and now we're together. And it's like, it's so funny if you just try and be nice and helpful and um there for people and like while also fixing your own shit like throughout the entire time we were friends I was just fixing my own shit like going through a lot of crap on my own and so is she and like and now it like you know we got to a place where we were both in the same amount of crappy shit where we could (laughs) handle each other and then we could help each other build from there and it's I think the same thing happens with these jobs it's like companies are complete messes you're also a mess and you should not think of the company as this perfect thing that you have to be perfect for. And they should not think of you as this person who's already been perfect and done everything. Like there's these high expectations that are unrealistic in dating and in the job search. And like, I don't know how to change what companies think, but we can change how we think about things of like, all right, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to be helpful. I'm not perfect, but I'm going to be there for this person as best as I can in the ways that I can. And like, if we approach it in that way, it's all about growth and learning and, and becoming a better person through these experiences. Because as we talked about in the episode with the therapist, um, you know, a year or so back, Mm -hmm. we don't get taught this stuff. So it's all learned through trial and error and trial and error, especially when booze is involved and People are anxious and things are not good. You're just figuring, you're literally like banging your head against the wall, hoping that like a door opens. And it's like, yeah, yeah. And and this is a painful process for everyone. Um, And so, you know, it's good that you're here helping people navigate (laughs) those emotions and and that coaches exist, helping people like it's, it's just, it's, it's going to be difficult, but if you approach it, from this perspective of I'm learning and I'm trying to be helpful and kind, it really yeah. does change things. And, you know, yeah. if there was one piece of advice you could give someone who's just oh. like, <laughs> I, I know we're going to try and sum it up too much, but if there's one <laughs> thing you could say to someone who's like, okay, I'm going to put down the dating app mm-hmm. and I'm going to go out and talk to someone, maybe a pickup line, <laughs> maybe something, sure. what would be a, a, a thing that they could do? be kind to yourself in the process to be honest um kindness and honesty and like honest with yourself honest with yourself about like maybe capacity you have 
not just your wants, but like of what you were describing. I was thinking of just like, yeah, it's also be good to be honest about like, do you have the, the capacity in your life to be doing a certain kind of relationship? And then to be honest with the person of like, hey, I'm kind of this way. But yeah, the one thing I'd recommend is, is be honest with yourself as well as others. If you can do so safely and kindness, showing that both to others and, and yourself in this process and recognizing the element, trying to focus on the parts that you have control over <laughs> and, and keeping the focus on there. Um, that, that would be the thing. I would also lastly kind of limit your choices. Um, think of, think of the secretary problem in this of, um, if you know what you want, if you've gotten good about being honest about what you want, or you've learned that through dating, then keep in mind of like that when you do meet somebody, maybe you don't have that initial spark or whatever like that, but if they are kind and they're smart or whatever other quality, like qualities you want, like fine, let that settle in. Cause it's more, I feel like good partnerships are more about people who you can be your authentic self with and be, be comfortable, that comfort element. I think that's a lot of what people are looking for is, is to be able to be comfortable with somebody. I love it. We'll end there. And Anne-Marie, <laughs> thank you so much for being on for part two yeah. and getting even <laughs> deeper into the weeds. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, Same. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. I really appreciate your support of what we're building here at Career Therapy as we continue to try and explore the hidden side of modern work and tell some of the stories that maybe don't get enough light shed on them. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, I hope you will leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to this wherever you're listening or watching on YouTube, Spotify, etc. And uh, share this with some friends who you know are going through similar experiences and looking to build their career and, and gain some insights along the way. Again, thank you so much for stopping by, and I wish you the best. I'll see you on the next episode.